0: Hi, I'm Allison, and this month I'm rereading Two Wrongs Make a Right. And I'm Kales, and I'm reading it for the first time. Welcome to Novel Predictions, everybody. This is book four of season two. Yeah, wow. That's, I know, it's wild. And this is our first romance that we've ever done. Yeah, we've been reading romance in our lives. Yeah, I feel like this is really indicative of how our reading tastes has changed season one to season two. Oh, 100%. Like, you're definitely going to get more romance this season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're going to do it. But this is the first one, and that's kind of funny because, you know, half of what I read is romance, I'd say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've been, COVID fucked me up, man, with my reading tastes and, and styles and what I liked, and I read more nonfiction now. The thing that I've been obsessing over right now is this one book called Uncultured, And she was in the Children of God cult, and I'd been reading that, and she later joined the army, and now we're in the military section. I was like, "Mm, I I put that down in order to pick this book up, Uh uh, Two Wrongs Make a Right, and I just have to say, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I stopped you at a really
0: mean point.
1: Yeah, okay. Before we get into how much I how even though I love my friend over here how angry I am at her. <laughs> um, you know, this is novel predictions. Um uh, if you're joining us for the first time, one of us picks a book that they've read before and that the other has not. Uh we read about eh, 20% of the book or so and then we mm-hmm. have to try and guess what we think is going to happen for the rest of the book. And then you join us for part 2, the second half of the book when we finish after the whole book and we review it, we see how wrong we were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like nine times out of ten, we suck and and we're proving that it's a lie. That that whole, oh, I totally saw that coming. Yeah. This book is so predictable. Yeah, no, we're we're testing that theory, except for romances, mm-hmm. right? Because we're gonna have to
0: get it a little bit more into depth. Yeah, it'll be interesting with the plot points rather than just like they fall in love, right? Like- yeah. I mean, there's a formula to
1: romance novels. It's well-known. It's tried and true. And, and you can watch a billion TikTok videos about romance and beats and all of that. Like In season one, we used to tailor our questions towards kind of the hero's journey arc of story. And mm-hmm. so I think for romance, maybe we might go back to the formula. You know, a little mm. bit of like, what's the twist? What's the breakup? What's the, you know, romantic climax moment I, grand <laughs> gesture I don't know we, or we might just continue shooting the shit like we've been doing I, I don't know sorry we'll narrow back in back to this book you pick two wrongs make a right
0: why Uh, because I fucking loved this book when I read it I only okay. read it for the first time about a year ago
1: I was gonna say it was really recent
0: yeah it wasn't too long ago but I've been pestering you to read it ever since I read it and so <laughs> I was like fuck it I'm just gonna make her read it on the podcast I, yeah So um, I, I yeah. love this book I love the characters. I felt like pretty immediately endeared to them, I think. And it's a much to do about nothing retelling. I knew that already, but I picked up on it like right on. Okay. Yeah. Because I didn't tell you when I told you we were reading this book, but I was like, she's going to like it once we get to it. And she realizes. I, I hope so.
1: At least, I mean, because it's my favorite Shakespeare comedy. I mean, Beatrice and Benedict, I just, uh, I ship them till the end of time. I adore them. There's a lot of problems with that show heroes thing with claudio and all that beatrice and benedict are amazing so Mm -hmm. the fact that i already loved that her name was
0: beatrice
1: and then you're like wait wait a second and then wait i was like (laughs) i looked back and i was like oh my god it's the beloved the beloved the beloved that's the word i'm trying to say comedy much ado about nothing and i was like then his middle name is Benedict, and I just was like, "Shut
0: up!" I love it. I don't even care
1: anymore. And so that that was fun picking up on the the hints
0: uh, as yeah, a senior nerd, right? But so it's going to be an interesting prediction episode, though, because you already know the show.
1: Yeah, like I know the show really well. I'm sitting here like, what what's going to be the twist? Right? Like, how true is she going to be to the show? And it's like, well, how much. Reimagining actually is there at the moment in this book. So right. I don't know
0: so, right so here's my truth. Okay. I don't fucking know what much to do about nothing is about at all. At never all. Never seen it. I've never seen it. I've never read it. I'm sure I've seen an adaptation of it. Because isn't Ten Things I Hate About You an adaptation of that? No, that's The Taming of the Shrew. Oh, okay. What movie am I thinking? What's that movie out of the '90s?
1: There isn't one. There's, oh, I don't. So I don't know. I mean. The the other one you might
0: be thinking about is She's the Man, which is Twelfth Night. Okay. But... Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. Then I don't know anything <laughs> about oh much any about nothing. So I don't have your context. I don't have the context of knowing this play, but I knew that you did. And so I yeah. thought this would be fun for you. I think it's a great pick. Um, okay. So far, my first impressions
1: are, I hate you for making me stop you. <laughs> for making me stop where you stopped me.
0: Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the first 20% of this book. Our main characters, Beatrice and Jamie, aka West, but she calls him Jamie. Everyone calls else calls him West. They have like a not so meet cute, they meet and they just have this instant antagonistic chemistry, but also are very attracted to each other because why the hell not? <laughs> yeah, like instantaneous. She's like, Holy shit, I want to draw you. Like that's how much she is attracted to him. Right. So they have this instant chemistry, this instant physical chemistry, but also this instant comedy of errors, agonistic meet hate. (laughs) And then they're both in their heads so much about what the other is thinking of them. Or Beatrice at the very least is like, oh, he hates me. So I'm just going to lean into that. And then their friends, her sister and his roommate set them up, but they don't know it's them. So they're texting. We know that there's dramatic. We know that there's dramatic irony there. Um, We know it's them, but they don't know that they're texting each other and they're being very into each other. And I stopped McKaylee right as they're about to meet the last text conversation where no. they're going on their date <laughs> and they're going to meet. So the next chapter that we're going to be reading is them on this date meeting oh and figuring out. Oh my god! And I stopped you there because I don't want you to know how they're going to react or what they're going to do.
1: And I think that's super smart of you, but it's super fucking hateful. <laughs> you
0: can start reading as soon as we're done recording.
1: It might happen. I might just be like, you, you, and you and Seth and Emily, and people can go elsewhere, and I'm gonna go outside and sit on my swing, and I need to finish at least
0: this chapter. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah. where we're at.
1: Well, anyway, so it's it's very very fresh because I only read it within the last two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just I wasn't in the brain mood originally for romance, so I got the audiobook. And mm-hmm. Seth and I went to dinner last night and I was driving and I put the audiobook on and it's a dual narrator audiobook And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm sold. Okay. Yeah, like, it's a good audio. Yeah, so I was, that was that already. And I was happy about that. When I started actually sitting down and listening to it, they were just so endearing right off the bat. Like that's a skill that you get to just fall in love with these characters right off the bat and relate to them. And I was a little dubious from the first page because i was like mm-hmm. why the fuck are we starting off with the prophecy and then i realized when it was goddamn shakespeare i was like it's fucking shakespeare it's her way <laughs> of doing shakespeare is like oh my god that's brilliant
0: right so her way of doing shakespeare is that beatrice gets her fortune told because beatrice is super into astrology and that's like definitely a special interest of her
1: yeah but um, that That was when I realized it was Shakespeare. I was like, oh my God, it's fucking Shakespeare. And that was great. So you
0: were endeared to those characters.
1: Oh, yeah, right away. And I I like that they're neurodivergent in their own ways. Oh, her reader note, by the way, was lovely. Mm -hmm. I was like, if all
0: books could have that, I'd be sold. Yeah, I was a little hesitant to give it to you because of the neurodivergent rep, because I thought it was well done, but I thought you might be hesitant, at least at first, with reading it. But did you like it? Do you think it was well done? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I just wasn't sure like how yeah. you would feel about it. Especially cuz like the best
1: neurodivergent romance is Helen Huang, you know. I mean, mm. Kiss Quotient, done. That's the bar. And if a neurodivergent romance book doesn't hit or surpass that bar, I don't want to read it to be completely honest. So how are you feeling about these characters in that arena then? As someone I don't have social anxiety, um but I have anxiety and I am on the autism spectrum. So for me, what I can say is that everyone's neurodivergent experience is different, especially on the autism spectrum. And I think that there are similarities, like when she has her meltdown in the closet, that's really relatable. And I think that was real well done talking about like how itchy she was and how she didn't want to ask him for help, but she really needed a hug. Mm. And if anything, I was just really in awe of that. She knew what she needed. And I'm anxious to learn more about her journey because I'm sure it'll come up. It's, mm. you know, it doesn't seem like she was a late diagnosed adult. It seems like this is something that she's known about, which is fascinating because it's it's really interesting to know how did she learn what she needs and what her supports are. Like, that's just, that's super, honestly. Um, I think, I feel like we're a little gypped with Jamie right now. Mm. I feel like his chapters are shorter. And we haven't gotten a lot from him. So, mm-hmm. I'm not sure on his front yet. But we're definitely getting more from B's perspective B
0: Bay, yeah, B. yeah. I think it's probably B. yeah, it's probably B because Beatrice, that makes sense. ok. So the way I was thinking about it, um, I never expected it to be necessarily relatable because the spectrum of neurodivergence is so broad. But I found that it was um interesting that it's it's not centered, but it's also not a B plot. It's just part of who they are, kind of naturally. And I thought that that was super well done, especially when she talked about
1: overpeopling.
0: Yeah. And the fact that she was so stressed at the party.
1: Yeah. That was just like a huge shitty situation for her, which made a lot of sense. Like I said, there's parts of it that are really relatable because it's a thing called autism spectrum disorder, ASD, for a reason. There are are commonalities. It's It's a diagnosable thing. But she's right. The author in the author's note talking about everybody's experience being different. I, I just think that was so smart. Astrology's not my thing. And it, it's funny because you, you just read into it kind of what you want and it, it's broad enough to apply to your life. But to me, that's just not my thing. Sure. But to her, Beatrice, it's obviously a special interest. And just because our special interests aren't the same doesn't matter. It's the fact that we have special interests to that level of intensity.
0: Right. That's the commonality. Well, and I think that the author's note sells this book in that arena. Like her being so upfront about it. And I
1: loved that it was included in the audiobook. Yes. That's, you know, that's something that's hardly ever done. I I get pissed that they don't include acknowledgement in the audiobooks. I think it's mm-hmm. stupid. And I know that this is an author's note, but I loved that it was there. I really, really appreciated it. And and I appreciated the content warning about co- toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm anxious to see who's it's gonna come in on. It's probably going to be B's ex, but I think it'd be more interesting if it was Jamie's ex. It doesn't really seem that way, the way it's leaning, but it would just add more depth to him, which is what I'm really missing at the moment. Right. I mean, I love him from her perspective, but I don't yet love him in the moments of him that we're given.
0: <laughs> right? Like I don't like it from his yeah. at all. Because we're getting very little of his internal dialogue. It's very much like him talking to B and her interpreting his weirdness.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the there's also like the other couple, the other love interest, the B-plot love interest. Um, Jean-Claude is his foil in Much Ado About Nothing is Claudio, mm-hmm. um, which that's just funny to me. It's Jean-Claude to Claudio, but Juliet is hero in the book, which I think was weird. I was like, I guess, why would you name her Juliet? Pick another Shakespeare heroine. I don't know. Anyway, like I said, I'm enjoying it.
0: I'm having inklings of where we're going to go with it. Mm -hmm. We know it's a happy ever after because it's a romance. It's a true romance. So that changes some predictions. Right. Yeah. Because we know at least like some of the story has to go a certain way.
1: Yeah, I just, she's been very true to Much Ado About Nothing right now and which is like, okay, cool. But I'm a little nervous because, okay, just to give you some context, for instance, Mm -hmm. in Much Ado About Nothing, there's Beatrice and Hero, which is obviously Beatrice and Juliet. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then there's Benedict and Claudio, who are obviously Jamie. He wanted to call him Benedict, but it's Jamie and Jean
0: Claude. Jean Claude.
1: <laughs> yes. And there's other ones too, right? There's other, these kind of extraneous characters. and And I'm interested to see how those are playing into it. But essentially, Beatrice and Benedict hate each other for some reason that we know about off screen, like at a palace. They don't get along. And they're okay. in this palace for the summer. I think it's Italy. That just might be the most recent production of it that I saw mm-hmm. was set in Italy and they change it all the time, but I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Oh, wait, it's set in Messina- Sicily. Yep. Okay. It is okay. Italy. I okay. Sorry. <laughs> I like had to think about it for a hot second. Most of Shakespeare shows are set in Italy because that was like this far away exotic place. So anyway, in that show, Beatrice and Benedict meet up and they're like, we've hated each other for a long ass time. And it's like, no, thank you. But then Claudio and Hero meet and Claudio's like, holy shit. Who is this woman? I want to marry her. And they get engaged. Mm, classic. Right? And that and that happened in this book, though, too.
0: Right, the instant love happened.
1: Instant love. Yeah. We get engaged. It's Shakespeare, right? We only have five acts to do this, <laughs> but, <laughs> but she does it in much ado. So same thing with Jean Claude and Juliet, but they weren't like instant love. They've been de- They've been together. together three months. Yes, they've been together. They got engaged three months.
0: Yeah. So um, that's but that's not very long. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. And so even the masquerade that they're planning is a nod to certain things, which makes sense in the play. Mm -hmm. And there's a masquerade in the play. Like, it's super cool. And their text messages and them hooking up is them being sent letters to each other without knowing who is who. And they fall in love over letters. And then Juliet or slash hero and the maids find a way to hook Beatrice up where she can come meet this guy at the same time and then they meet up and they're like, oh no, fuck you, it can't be you. There's no way, <laughs> no way. And so that is that is what I'm anticipating happens in this next chapter. Okay. Um, And without going into a full essay, <laughs> which I've kind of already done, but I like Shakespeare and I like this play. She stayed on track. So I wouldn't be surprised if she continues to stay on track.
0: Okay, so it's going to inform your predictions.
1: Yeah, 100%. I'm gonna mm-hmm. probably
0: very much hard stick to that because I love the play. Um, I'll be really excited if it does deviate. I'll be excited to talk about those things with you.
1: Now that I've given you my essay. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: thank you for the Shakespeare lesson.
1: Yeah. What other questions do you have?
0: <laughs> yeah. So we know they're about to go on their date. Yes. So do you think they're going to come into this date, like you already said, and be like, what the fuck? How dare they? I hate you. Or are they going to come into this and be like, oh, I didn't realize you were a different person and we have stuff in common and we talked and maybe we should try this out.
1: No, (laughs) no. My thought again, going off the play, my thought is that they meet up. And at first it's a very like situation of like, I'm here to meet this other dude. What the, like, uh, like a, you got Mm. mail situation, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Oh, I'm meeting this other dude for dinner. What the fuck are you doing here? You know, like I'm on a date. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm on a date. Why are you here? (laughs) And that's like, the thing at first but then they realize what's Mm -hmm. happened and how they've been pushed together and so then I think there's some trickery about who loves who right like it's through the grapevine and they learn that like in the play through the grapevine of other people that Beatrice and Benedict overhear other people saying that she's secretly in love with him and he's secretly in love with her Mm. and they like are literally on stage hearing other people plotting what they're doing and and I think they're going to hate each other And they're going to be like, fuck, no, not this. But I think the friends who've been very prominent so far in this, I think that they're going to do something. I don't know what yet, though. I don't know. You can't do overheard conversations and spark the, oh, maybe I do love them. Like in the play, they each get a soliloquy about how much, especially Benedict. Like it really starts with him. And so let me turn it this way. I think Jamie is going to be the first one to recognize
0: what's going on there recognize like, that he's like falling
1: yes, in love
0: with her uh-huh mm-hmm. i'm just okay i'm trying so hard not to give things away by asking
1: right you want um, you, you want me to just go off the plot and what i and say what i think is gonna happen
0: yeah and then i'll ask follow-ups maybe. okay
1: okay here we go <laughs> so then um the one thing i will say is i don't know how they're gonna do don john unless christopher is don john because don john is like the bad guy he's the one who's like it wants the throne and wants to fuck all of this up and denounce Claudio and his brother, who's Don Pedro, and 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 so I don't know how they're gonna set up the criminals because the criminals are there to set up rumors about Hero and Claudio. Okay. In the play to tear them apart, so I don't think maybe we've met those people yet, unless maybe Margot. I don't know. I just that group doesn't feel like that they would do that. There's a lot of them. There's Christopher, mm-hmm. who's like the neighbor brother. Right. Which makes me think he's Leonardo, but Nar- Leonardo doesn't fuck things up in the show. He's the governor who like owns the mansion.
0: So in the sh- in the book, there's Margot, and then there's uh, Margot's wife, yeah, shop owner, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then there's Jean Claude, there's yeah. Juliet, uh, there's another character, oh Kate, um, who's like the sister, who's like. Not here. She's not really. Yeah, right now. Kate. Kate's going to be Taming of the Shrew, the next book. And right. Kate from Catherine. So it's going to be Taming of the Shrew. Just letting you know instantly. I don't know who her love interest is. Not a spoiler, but because it's for book two. But we already know Kate's love interest because he's in this book. Oh, mm-hmm. OK. But anyway, I just I don't know if we have enough characters to have like a true adaptation. So I don't necessarily yeah, sure. know how it's going to go. Yeah. So here's a good question. Then you think there's a villain Mm-hmm. And the goal of the villain is to do what? To break up Jean-Claude and Juliet. There in the has, book? Yeah, there has
1: to be somebody who's going to try because the, okay, the hugest plot point in Much Ado About Nothing and is when Hero is disgraced through a series of rumors saying that she slept with some dude. They lie and say they see her in a window. There's a dude in her window and they get Claudio to see it, but it's a trick, right? The villain tricks him and then he literally publicly denounces her like in the middle of the square it's this sobbing sadness and just like you are a whore you're an awful human i hate you i could never marry you jesus yeah it's awful but that's what puts beatrice and benedict together because beatrice says benedict if you love me like they confess their love after all this bullshit happens. It's hysterical. Okay. It's like this drama. And then it's like, wait, you love me. I love you. It, and it's a really bad time, but they do confess their love to each other. But then Beatrice has like, she's the best fucking monologue for a woman in Shakespeare. Were I not a man, were I not a woman? Excuse me. She says to Benedict. And and basically it's like, if you love me, you'll kill Claudio for me for saying these things about my sister and my Damn. precious hero. Right. They fake hero's Death. <laughs> they're cousins maybe not sisters whatever they fake hero's death so that she can go on the run right it's shakespeare they get her away away. right Mm -hmm. yes to like kill her so that claudio can feel remorse to see if he really loved her or not in this whole ordeal okay that breakup has to happen between jean-claude and Juliet. like it it if it has to propel their love story if there's any truth to the what she's doing right and it could be some devious bullshit, like some social media. Like I saw this guy kissing Juliet, and and or maybe we get blackmail photos of an ex or something because they both mentioned toxic exes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe like Morin or whatever her name's in comes in is like, "Hey, I really did love you," and it's like, "No shit." And then, but something <laughs> has—I don't know—something has to happen to John Jean, to Jean Claude and Juliet to break them up. Because that will bring B and
0: Jamie together. Okay. So, order of events. Jean-Claude and Juliet have to be broken up by some kind of scandal. Yes, has to be a scandal. Okay. And then Beatrice and Jamie will work together and determine... Will they confess their love? Yes.
1: But Beatrice will demand something of Jamie to prove his love to her. Something okay. that sacrifices and it is hard for him because it sacrifices a part of his friendship to help her. He's going to wrestle with that. And it's going to be like really difficult. So that B plot. Okay. That B plot would be, hang on. I'm trying to suss through what elements she's given me versus what I know with the show. Right. And then there's like this wedding thing. And then hero comes in in a veil, And so she's like actually there and Beatrice and Benedict are like, well, they're getting married. So we should get married. And then, Oh, <laughs> they get married. Okay,
0: so do you think anyone gets married at the end of this book?
1: I think what's going to happen with Juliet and Jean-Claude is I think they're going to pull a Mamma Mia. Mm. Um, I think they're going to do this whole thing about the daughter's wedding and Mama Mia. And then when she gets to the aisle, she's like, no, I want to travel. Like, I love you and I want to be with you, but I don't want to travel. But I mean, I want to travel. I don't right, want to get married
0: right now. They're asking, are we rushing this?
1: Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen to them. Okay. I think they're still in love and all that. They're going to get together and they're going to be fine. but. What we're not getting is a wedding. Okay. I don't think Jamie and B would do that because they're so sensible. I don't see them doing that. They are both very sensible. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. He's a pediatrician. I just don't see them like throwing caution to the wind. That's not who they are. They've already established that that's not the case. So I don't see that happening. Yeah. That's that's
0: that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. So I will tell you, we have met the villain. Oh, there is. In the story, see. So there is a villain. There's a villain. I think it might be Christopher.
1: Okay. He was, he was sus to me while reading it. I was like, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't like read as genuine to me. Hmm. Okay. Like he read as like jealous. And Hmm. I think Jamie caught onto it, which was also true. Like, I just think it's Christopher. And that's maybe just because he was sus to me. (laughs) I need, there has, there has to be some sort of villain for her to do any sort of reimagining with this show. Like. I mean, otherwise it doesn't work. I mean, maybe... Originally, I thought that Chris might be in love with Beatrice, but Mm. maybe Chris is in love with Juliet. So he helps sabotage and undermine the whole bullshit with them and their marriage and stuff. And maybe it's not a jealousy of the crown, like in the play, but a jealousy of the woman. Because (laughs) that's not a thing in this show. The villain's not there to steal the woman. He's there to steal the crown. And there's no crown in this. Right. So it doesn't work. But yeah, maybe that's the route she goes with the woman
0: instead. Okay. Yes, I like this. Right. <laughs> okay, so before the breakup, uh, yeah. before Juliet and Jean-Claude up, how are Beatrice and Jamie like running into each other? Like how are we having those scenes? Oh, wedding prep. Wedding like, prep.
1: Like wedding prep bullshit. What okay. Are, because they're going to get married. If they got engaged, they are going to get married in another three months, right? And because it's Jamie, who's his best friend, and it's her sister, they're going to be like maid of honor and best man, and it's going to be like, boom, you have to be together all the time.
0: Okay, okay. That yeah. Cool.
1: Mm-hmm, so that's the level, which makes it convenient. hmm <sighs> However, again, to go back to the play, I mean, I remember Juliet and Jean-Claude are like, not going to fucking let this shit go. They want to be together. And so- they want them
0: to be together.
1: Yeah. I, they just meddle. Like, Right. It happened in the book.
0: Yeah, in the first chapter, literally they meddle. Like they push them into rooms together. You know,
1: which is funny because that's actually something I struggled with, believe it or not. I was like, y'all are pushing, crossing some boundaries. Like they are clearly not okay with this. And in a modern setting, I don't like it. Right. Especially when she says the line, she's like, I love gifts, but I hate surprises. And I was like, I don't like gifts. I don't like surprises. I understand that feeling. But I feel like as her twin sister, mm-hmm. it's not nice. And it's just like, that's they're not good. And if they know each other as well as they do, and, and assuming that I'm correct about Beatrice not being late diagnosed, like, I just didn't like it. And then the whole gift card shop scene bothered me because I was like, there's no way to go about this. She's so pushy. And I know yeah. she she says to her, like, I need to push you outside your comfort zone in a way that makes you feel safe. But she's very clearly pushing her too hard.
0: Right. And the beginning of the conversation doesn't sound like that's the intent.
1: No, it it, but at the end, it it gets very pushy.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah. And I fully I fully agree with that.
1: Yeah. Like it just sent up red flags all over the place for me. Like Juliet eventually got there and I was like, But with your autistic sister, you have to start there, right? You can't end there. You say, I love you. I want you to do this. Trust you. Trust me. Here's how it's safe for you. What do you think?
0: Yeah. And that's not what happens in this. No,
1: that that's not what happens at all. And it irked me so much and made me mad as a writer. I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. And She basically repeated the exact same fucking scene with the boys in the Mm -hmm. next chapter, and I was like, "We already know what this is doing. We don't need this." I had the exact they they almost had the exact conversation word for word, and as I was a writer, I was like, "Ugh, come on, (laughs) yeah,
0: do it differently." Yeah, like if
1: you love these people as much as you say you do, this is not how you treat them. I love this book for the much ado about nothing references and the main two. But I'm glad you said something about this because I was feeling that hardcore. It was one of the first things that almost made me put this book down was when Jules came on the scene at her work. That's the other right. thing. I was like, you two fucking live together. <laughs> like, you know each other's communication styles. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just like threatening her. Like, you're going to end up alone because I'm going to go live with my fiance. But no, you obviously have a plethora of friends. Like, shut the fuck up. Ugh.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's legit because I feel the same way. And I feel very much like, why would the twin sister of this person, they've literally known each other forever, be so like, she's like, I know you have boundaries. And then she absolutely crosses them. And I think it's relevant. It's not just like bad writing. Like, I think it's part of the story. And so later, I felt like, okay, I get it. There's some growth to be had here thank God because if she just remained that way (laughs) and be interested, like, I love my sister. I would have been like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't live with this woman anymore.
1: (laughs) Probably. It's a very like book lovers moment because the two sisters Mm -hmm. and book sisters, there's like a lot of growth in their roles together in that one. But like for the first part of the book, for the first half, you're like, what the fuck is happening between these two people? Yes. It's just what it feels like. And I'm sure there will be growth. Right. But I'm not going to lie. It, As an autistic person, I was like, no, especially Mm -hmm. if you have the tools that your sister knows. And I just it wasn't a happy moment for me, although I will say one happy moment for me that I just remembered and
0: thought about was her accidentally throwing food or drink on him. Yeah. Like every Jamie. Every time she sees him, no matter the context. It's fantastic. And he just like looks down at his shirt. <laughs> and
1: he's like baby carrots <laughs> and it hit him on the forehead. That's <laughs> so good. Yeah. She was like, you want buttercream ranch on your glasses? <laughs> he's like, I'll deal with it at home. I loved that. It was so great. And yeah, like I like their text conversations. I think there's an openness there that's like so wonderfully constructed. I, I don't think we're mm. going to get more
0: of it, though, which makes me sad. Oh, yeah. So you think it's going to be. Like, in person from now on. Like, no more texting, because they know. Yeah, I think so.
1: Something's niggling at me that that's wrong, but that's fine. I'm going to go with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, you're going to shoot your shot. I might make you read the next chapter of this book, literally, when we get off If that's not mic. finished
1: with dinner, <laughs> then, like, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm liking it so far. I'm excited to read it. I'm nerding out hardcore about the Shakespeare stuff, if you couldn't tell. It's mm-hmm. my favorite. and. I would I would probably say it's my top. Like I'm not the best at remembering all the plot lines because I've read almost all of Shakespeare and I mix them up a lot. I like how they the characters, the Beatrice and Jamie, they're really cute and mm-hmm. I like the neurodivergency. I like the uniqueness about it. And I like that there's obvious room for growth within the two main characters, which at the end of the day is what romance is about. I will say though, I am interested in the sexy scenes. Yeah. Because I need to see how they're done. I'm dubious. Oh, why? Because one, they don't do it and much ado do about nothing. They don't <laughs> even kiss okay. depending on how it's interpreted. But Beatrice has already said that she's a very sexual person. Right. Mm-hmm. And Jamie claims to be, we'll see, but it's surprising to me sensory wise, because obviously that's very sensitive for her. It's been addressed, right? She, she obviously knows though, what she likes and what she doesn't. So, if the sex scene is not done with good communication at its core, it's going to be bad.
0: Right. Like you're not going to buy it. No, I
1: will not buy it.
0: I like that. I think that that's like a really good it's thing to think about.
1: It's like this one romance I read where he was an amputee. And while the sex scene was slower, it had communication at its core because it was important to his character, to be able to talk to her about, okay, here are the positions I can't do. Here are the things that I need you to not touch. I can't feel it when you touch me here. You know what I mean? And even though even though it's slow, it may seem monotonous to people. Actually, in my opinion, it was very sensual and very sexy because it's a vulnerable place when you're with somebody like that. And that's what I need.
0: Right. But it's like super communicative. Yes.
1: That's what I need to feel good. And I'm trusting you enough to do this to make me feel good. Because I I am not your cookie cutter. I'm not your neurotypical able-bodied human where you could just assume it has to be a more nuanced conversation. Right. Yeah. And I I appreciate that both of them are obviously experienced, in particular hers. As she says, I don't really know about his neurodivergence mm-hmm. and how that impacts him. I'm excited to learn about it, but if they're going to need to talk and I'm going to be I'm going to be pissed if they just jump into it and do not talk right. it through,
0: I'm going to be mad. I think that's fair. Yeah. And I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so <laughs> And that's fine. We'll find out together. Yeah. So those are my thoughts on it. I'm excited to read it. I think it's a great pick on your part. Yay! I'm very excited. Yeah. I like. um, I need to read the chapter now,
0: please. Yeah, it's it's time to go (laughs) read your chapter (laughs) to see what happens when they see each other. Yeah. So, all right, you wanna close this out? Yes, yes, yes. Let's. Okay, let's do it. Join us next time to finish the book. Yeah, read it with us. Um, I think it's really good. If you don't like sexy scenes, you're probably not going to enjoy those. It's spicy. I wouldn't say it's the spiciest thing I've ever read, but there's spice in it. I. I,
1: I just need to clarify they just need to talk about it like the first one or two times right like if things sure. change I just need it them to be overcommunicative. and it's like later they can jump each other's bones because they know what to do it's fine but the first time they need to talk about it so Chloe
0: Lee Lee Le- yeah it's lease
1: lease lease mm-hmm. two wrongs make a right that's the book we're yep. excited it's also, it's also I just saw that Christina Lauren blurbed
0: it damn mm-hmm. all right yeah nice all right, all right. Well, I'm Allison. I'm Kales. Keep making novel predictions. Bye.